And we're going to land on Nehemiah um, chapter 11. And we'll get to it in just a, just a quick moment. We're going to just move around it very briefly. Something that I find interesting, we actually see it in Second Chronicles as deals with in two verses in 11 and in 12, and we actually see it in Second Chronicles as well. How many, when you are asked, well, maybe I should just, what do you all do for a living? Tell your neighbor real quick. What do you do for a living? Just tell your neighbor. What do you do for a living? <laughs> Aaron's shouting, he's retired. Yeah, all the retirees are like, whoop, whoop. Yep. Hey, I lived like I was retired on Thursday. That's all I can say. It was good. Now, what if I was to tell you that there are people in Nehemiah and in Second Chronicles whose job it was to give thanks? These were the people that walked up, and when you asked them, what do you do for a living? I give thanks and praise. Really? No, what's your job? Giving thanks and praise. No, seriously, I am being serious. Let's look quickly, Nehemiah 11, verse 7, right here. From, from, the, descendants, from the descendants of Benjamin, and I'm looking at this going, okay, why does this not look right? Up oh, 17, 17, verse 17, Madaniah, son of Micah, the son of Zabdi, the son of Asaph, the director who led in what? Led in thanksgiving and prayer. That is what they did. They were of the tribe of the Levites, and that is what they did. Jump ahead one chapter and look at verse 24 with me quickly. And the leaders of the Levites were Hashabai, Sherabai, Jeshua, son of Cadmiel, and their associates who stood opposite them to do what? Give praise and thanksgiving. This is what these guys did for a living. They gave praise, they, give, they gave thanksgiving. Who else in this house should be doing the same thing for a living? Well, Psalm 150 says this. You ready for this? Don't miss it. Let everything, nudge your neighbor and say everything. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all of God in Christ Jesus for all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, first verse tells who needs to give thanks, and according to that verse, it's everything, not just everyone, everything. Give praise. So, everything includes us. Then what should we be giving praise for? Everything in all circumstances. And how often should we do this? Ephesians 5, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody, did anybody find a loophole here where you can, you can get away without having to give thanksgiving? Is there a loophole anywhere here? 
So, everything give thanks. In every circumstance, always give thanks and praise. I got something I need to share with you. I heard a pastor say once this. As much as we would love to think that a thankful heart is something that God can just impart to you, a thankful heart actually comes about by the choices we make. A thankful heart comes about by the choices we make. Now, how many of us have said, God, increase our faith. We just want to know more of you. And Lord, I just, I'm such a grumbler and a complainer. Anybody easily admit that? I admit it some mornings, yeah. I'm grumpy this morning. Don't mess with me. Not very biblical of me. But I'm going to tell you what. God does not instill you with a thankful heart. You have to choose to be brought into that. It's not imparted to you. I can pray healing over Jordan. I can pray peace over Jordan. But I can't pray a thankful heart over Jordan. Jordan's got to make her own choices. Dwayne's got to make his own choices. Brother Victor's got to make his own choices regarding that. And what does that look like? What leads in our thanksgiving? Let's turn very quickly to Psalm. Right in the middle of the Word, right in the middle of the Bible, the book of Psalm. And we're going to go all the way to chapter 100 of Psalms. Chapter 100 of Psalms. Now, it says, okay, what choices do we make? There are some situations where I cannot find one ounce of anything to give thanks for. Anybody been there? The situation's horrible. I can't find one ounce of anything to give thanks for. The situation's horrible. The situation is terrible. Who's been there? Okay. Let's look at Psalm 100, verse 5, and we're going to find out exactly what it is that can bring us back to what should we be thankful for in all things. Verse 5, for the Lord is what? Let's read it again. For the Lord is what? And we know He's good in every situation. We don't always understand everything in every situation, but He is good. And His love, what? Anybody in here, just if you wanted to get honest, is not deserving of God's love. (laughs) Right? The moment we think we are deserving of God's love is a moment we need to have a come-to-Jesus moment. We are not deserving of it. But I'm so thankful that His love endures forever because He is good. And finally, His faithfulness does what? Continues through all generations. You say, I'm in a situation that I can't give thanks because I can't find anything to be thankful for. Then get your eyes off the situation and onto the fact that He is good and His love endures forever and He is faithful and continues to be faithful in every generation, no matter what's going on around you, no matter the circumstance. So here's the thing. If Dave Thompson chooses to make choices based on truth, it's going to steer those feelings that feel frustrated and angry and upset. It's going to steer those feelings into truth. You begin making choices 
in God's goodness, in His faithfulness, in His love. You begin to make choices to focus on that in the midst of a crazy situation. What is that going to do? That's going to steer your mind and your heart in the right direction. Now, just so you know, complainers, grumblers, complaining happens when you're mindful more of the problem than you are of our God. Complaining always comes out of, grumbling always comes out of, anger and bitterness always comes out of eyes on the situation, not on our God who's the answer. Thanksgiving turkey's got you down right now, doesn't it? Come on. Come on. I'm going to say it one more time. Complaining, anger, bitterness, frustration will always occur when your eyes are on the issue. And believe He's the answer. Complain yet, okay? Here's the thing. It is impossible to complain when you are more aware of God's presence than when you are aware of the problem. It's impossible to complain. When you are truly focused on His goodness, His love enduring forever, and His faithfulness in spite of what's going on, it's impossible to complain. Impossible. So here's my question. Why is the Word so heavy on having a thankful heart? Why? Well, I was reading the other day and I thought, wow, this just jumped out at me. I've known this verse for a million years and suddenly I'm like, wait a minute. And I started doing a little studying up and checked a few commentaries. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not off I, that I can tell. I think this is what it's saying. Psalm 100, verse 4, you know it all. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now, I used to look at this at when I walk into the gates towards God's presence, everybody say presence. When I walk into the gates and the courts where His presence is, when I walk into those, as I walk through the door, what? Praising. Here's the problem. Giving thanks. And as I get close to His presence, I should be what? Praising. Here's the problem that I see here. I don't, I'm reading it a little bit differently here. I'm seeing it a little bit differently here. I want you to think of thanksgiving not as something you do as you're walking through the gates, but as a key that gets you through the gate. I want you to think of the praise not as something you do when you enter the courts, but as a key that gets you into the courts. If I said I walked into my house and opened the door with my key, I will enter His gates with what? Thanksgiving. And I'm going to enter those courts with what? Praise. I want you to envision with me for a moment. I saw a cartoon the other day, and I thought, this says it all. Imagine a fortress with me. And here's a fortress, and inside is protection. Outside is just the worst you could ever imagine. And there's only one way in. And over the way, over the door, it says thanksgiving and praise. And we stand outside that fortress going, oh, I just need to get in there so I can be protected, so I can experience some safety and some peace, and I need to get in there. But how do I get in? How do I get in? And over the get in, it says thanksgiving and praise. 
but how do I get in? How do I get in? How many of us really beat our heads against the wall trying to figure out how to get in God's presence? So we'll end up reading our Bibles 50 chapters a night, fall asleep seven times in the middle of it. So you better be careful. I'm not talking about the Word. I'm talking about our self-efforts. We'll get on our knees and we're going to pray and we're going to pray and put ourselves to sleep because that's what self does. I'm going to talk about how good God is, but I'm not really going to live it. When I really believe the way into God's presence where there is healing, where there is power, where there is might, is through thanksgiving and praise. I have seen it time and time again in my own life and in the lives of those around me that when you, re, when you relinquish your complaining to give thanks even simply that He is good and His love endures forever, you do that for a little while, guess who's there? You say, oh, come on. Guys, every time. Why do you think worship and praise is so vital? Why do you think it's so together? Why is it so vital? Because music, I'm talking about in everything we do when we gather together. Why is it so vital? Because who wants His presence in this place? And I'm going to tell you what. You say, well, His presence is within me. Yeah, but if we're walking and complaining, it's kind of like the volume's way down. When we begin to say, give thanksgiving and praise, regardless of our situation, we are moving into His presence where everything abounds. His might, His power, His love. Psalm 95, too. You can just back up one page, and it says this. It says, let us come before Him with thanksgiving. Another translation says, let's get in His presence with what? Thanksgiving. How do you get into His presence? With thanksgiving. A thankful heart. See, it's as we come to God with thanksgiving and praise that we have full access to His presence. You've got the key. And it all starts here. And it all starts here. And it's not about a feeling. Because how many people at times know you have to declare thanksgiving before you feel it? <laughs> If we sat around waiting to feel it, we would do nothing. Well, that's what we do a lot of times. He says, give thanks and praise. Let me, let, let me further this concept real quick of a fortress. In Isaiah, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to read it to you. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18 um, in, in chapter 60, the Father is talking about the new Jerusalem and what it's going to look like, and really it's a representation of, 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 of eternity, really, in a lot of ways. It's a representation, but it's His presence. He will be there fully. Check out what it says. It says, verse 18 of chapter 60, Isaiah, no longer will violence be heard in your land. Anybody want to say Amen nor ruin or destruction within your borders. But you will call these walls salvation, and your gates will be called praise. How do you get into the walls of salvation? Through the gates of praise. How do you move into salvation? 
with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. Let me just tie that in with John 17, 3, when he said, this is eternal life, to know me, know the Father and the one he sent. How do you get in connect? What happens when you get in connection with the Lord? What happens when you and Jesus Christ? You have eternal life. Begin to praise. You, you, you declare it with praise and thanksgiving, and I'm coming into your presence with my praise and thanksgiving. And as I'm doing that, that is opening me up more and more to you. Lord God, you are good. You are greatly to be praised. I love you so much. Thank you, Jesus, that this week was just more opportunity for people like Dawn and Frankie or others to just exhibit Jesus to people. Because, Jesus, you're just that awesome. I would rather them see you than see me. I would rather them see you than see football. I would rather have them see you than see turkey or brisket. I would rather them see you than anything else because you're just that awesome. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, not only is the gateway into the, presence, into the presence of God, but guess what happens when you connect to the presence of God? You ready for this? His power comes pouring out. You say, well, what are you talking about? How many ever heard a little story of the, the, the feeding of the 5,000? Maybe more like the 10,000, right? Because they didn't count the women and the children back then. They just counted the men. It's 5,000 men. Now, can I ask you a question for those of you who recollect this story in any way, shape, or form? Did Jesus take hold of those um, five loaves and two fishes that were given to him by a young boy and look at them and say, oh, God, I'm asking you to multiply these miraculously, and I'm asking you, Lord, to make this so that everybody sees that you're God, so, Lord, every person has so much that they don't know what to do with and that there's leftover. Did he do that? Do you know what the Word says he did? Two words, gave thanks. And what happened? It multiplied the food. That's all he did. He gave thanks. And you say, but that was Jesus. Hold up. Jesus operated in the same power he has now made possible for us to be in. The Holy Spirit. When he was on earth, he operated solely with the Holy Spirit. He gave thanks. It didn't say he begged God. It didn't say he tried to make it happen with his word. He gave thanks. How many remember the story of Lazarus? Dead for how many days? It was dead. Actually, it was on the fourth day, and Jesus shows up. Why do he wait for the fourth day? Because in Jewish superstition, the spirit, the soul, could not come back to a dead person after the third day. So he shows up on the fourth just to make sure that all even superstition was out. Oh, fuck the window. And you know what he said? Did he stand there and go, oh, Father, I'm going to call Lazarus' name, and I'm just praying that he just come out, and, and everybody sees him, and they're going to take off, the, and Lord, it's going to be awesome. Did he do all that? You know what he said? He said, thank you for hearing me. It says, he said, thank you, Father, for hearing me. Lazarus, come forth. Who's hearing me right now? Second Chronicles 20. Some of you know this story in the Old Testament. Jehoshaphat was king at the time. 
And several enemy armies are coming after them, wanting to annihilate them. And, and, and the whole nation is scared half out of their mind. What are we going to do? And they all come together like we're gathered together. And they seek the mind of the Lord and, and, and show us. And a prophet stands up amongst them and, and basically says, hey, <laughs> what are we afraid of? God is for us. Who can be against us? So you know what they did? They took a division. They got the armies ready, but then they took this division of Levites and put them out on the front of the army. Do you know what these the front and marched them directly at the, arm, the enemy army? Do you know what these people were doing, the, the, these Levites were doing? Praise and thanksgiving. And as they got closer and they got closer, Singing praise and thanksgiving. They didn't, get all, they didn't get all in their fighting stance or anything. They're just marching, singing praise and thanksgiving to God Almighty. And suddenly, the Lord moved in such a way, the army, enemy armies routed themselves. Jehoshaphat and his armies never had to do a single thing. Never had to do a single thing. Now, like I said, today may be a bit of a sleepy day, but what I'm telling you right now could transform your life completely if you took hold of it. If you really, really, really like living life complaining about everything, more power to you, but you're not going to get much power out of it. If you want to continue to allow your situation to press your grumble button, you will not see any change happen in your life. Well, you want to visualize going forward knowing that the battle is the Lord's regardless of what's coming after you, so I'm going to send forth on the front lines my thanksgiving and praise and watch what God does. See, Jesus in those times with Lazarus and feeding the 5,000, He didn't even declare what was going to happen. He just gave thanks and let the Father do His thing. You follow me? Jehoshaphat didn't know what the armies were going to face and what they were going to encounter. He, they just gave thanks and watched God do His thing. See, that's the whole deal, guys. Thanksgiving brings us into God's presence. You want to know the difference? <laughs> you want to know the difference between a church that's alive and a church that's dead? What do you say? What do you mean by dead? I'm saying where well, there is no life in it at all, they're just going through the motions. You want to know the difference? God's presence. We can call that the Holy Spirit, sure. But God's presence, the presence of God in that place. And do you know what brings a church to life quicker than anything? A congregation, a body of believers that give thanks and praise. You want to see a church die? Oh, we can talk about the evangelism program. We can talk about the lack of this and the lack of that. I'm going to tell you what. What kills a church quicker than anything? A bunch of disgruntled grumblers. Will kill a church in a heartbeat. I've been in some small congregations. I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking about life in a congregation. I've been in some small congregations of about 25, 30 people that were alive. <laughs> and I've been in churches of 800 and 900 that I was feeling anything but. That's not condemnation. 
you just like me, you can tell when God's presence is in a place, can't you? That's not judgment. That's not criticism. That's saying, hey, guys, I want His presence here. I want Him to be here. I'm tired of having Christmas time and having the Christmas birthday party without inviting the birthday boy. Right? I'm tired of celebrating what happened on Easter with Easter eggs. Not that Easter eggs are bad, but that's not what it's all about. No, Easter eggs are not bad, especially the Reese's Easter eggs. I'm just saying, brisket and Reese's Easter eggs. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. And eggnog, guys, eggnog. I got to shut up. Eggnog is awesome. Oh, man. Pumpkin pie, Jim. Stop. Church, at least we got that coming in Christmas, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, guys, what I'm saying is this. Church, if we want to just show up, <laughs> well, I'm going to go back and away. If your life is not being lived as thankful, you're not going to show up here and be thankful. <laughs> Do you hear what I just said? If you're not living thankful out there, you're not going to show up and be thankful here. You know, I mean, I can get my cheerleading outfit on and my pom-poms and, ah, come on, yeah, I'm not going to do that, I promise you. But I could try to do that and get you to be thankful and some of you be like, yeah, but as soon as you walk out the door, your problems slam you in the face or your situations and self slams you in the face and guess what? You're anything but thankful. Everything I try to do just falls to garbage. Or why can't it go? Why does it always go good for everybody else and not me? Or no, 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 no. Or why did this have to happen? All I know is right now I don't feel very thankful, but God, you are good. Your love endures forever, and you are faithful throughout every generation. Who's with me right now? Who's with me right now? Do you see that this is the key to God's presence and power? You say, whoa, come on now. I'm being honest. If we begin walking in a spirit of thanksgiving and praise, a heart of I want to notice transformation in your life. I want a thankful heart, then start declaring thanksgiving. I want to know the Lord more. I want to get in His presence more. Start thanking Him. Start praising Him. But you don't know what's going on around me. It's so hard. That's the problem. It really isn't hard. It's just we don't want to get our eyes off of the other stuff. Can I just say one last thing to you? I hear a lot of people say, why is it in the third world countries you see God's power move so much more there? Well, there's a number of reasons. I mean, I think they're more open to the supernatural uh, already. And so God can, you know, the enemy can too, but God moves freely then, and they're not doing this to it. Why does God's power move freely? Uh, I hear other people many times say, though, because they don't have as much as we do to get them distracted. Anybody heard that before? We're far more distracted in America and in Western civilization. We just got all this stuff and materialistic. That could be the case, but I, I, I beg to differ a little bit. I think our problem is this. We have gotten so self-conscious that we refuse to get our eyes off of our stuff. And I'm not talking about materialistic stuff. I'm talking about, oh, what do they call it? first world problem stuff? Stuff. 
as well as the difficult, tragic stuff. We can't let go of it. And yet, look what's going on in third world countries where they experience far more death and destruction, and yet they continue, most, many of them in the body of Christ there continue to walk with a, with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. So we really don't have much of an excuse in any way, shape, or form. There are people here today that I know that you have walked victoriously because you have declared uh, God's goodness. There are people here today that are being changed and transformed. But as a body of believers, guys, when we gather together, let it be a simple reflection of what you're already doing out there Monday through Saturday giving thanks to one who deserves all the thanks and praise. And as a result, you're getting connected with His presence, you're experiencing His power, and then what happens when we all show up in here? Oh, man. We don't have to have a cheerleader say, give thanks, come on, somebody give thanks. It just starts. So we're going to just wind up with this. I'm only going to say it once. Who here can give thanks today? The power is. That's great. We know your arms work, but that's not where the power is. Who here can give thanks? Why don't you sit there just for a moment and thank Him? Amen. Amen. Thanksgiving and praise. Right where you are, you can talk it out loud. Just talk to Jesus right where you are. Let's just give Him thanks and praise, every one of us. And if you don't have anything else to thank for, thank you, Lord. You're good. Your love endures forever. You're faithful to every generation. Thank you. Come on, everybody here today, don't miss out on this. I'm telling you. <laughs> mm, thank you.